Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Last week, we were talking about renewing your mind. And um, actually, Brother Steve came up to me after and said, you were enjoying that, weren't you? I said, actually, I was. You know, there are times you, you just kind of get up and you kind of teach or just talk, you know, and it's just kind of, oh. And there are some times you really get into it, you know, and, and you just, you know, the words sometimes can just, I don't know, it just, it just really, there's, there's a, like an extra bit of oomph to it. Well, that's kind of the way it was last week, and I thought we'd move on to something else, but honestly, uh, we're going to kind of go back to it. And so, um, you know, just to kind of go back over a couple of things we said last week is that we have to be, just like in Romans 12, too, it says that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Williams' translation says, so that you may find and follow God's will for you. Because this world is trying to put us in its mold. It's trying to conform us into something that is contrary to the word of God. And the warfare that we fight is not... It's not with flesh and blood. You know, I, uh, there has been times in the last few years where people have gotten into this spiritual warfare thing. Listen, that's a bunch of nonsense the way it's been taught. Um, the warfare is really the warfare that's in our minds. That's where the warfare comes in. We, I mean, there was, there was even somebody a number of years, years ago that... Uh, you know, they had this prayer thing going because we're going to do warfare with the devil. And they would come to the, this prayer session in, in fatigues and camo. And I'm going, really? Really? And toy guns. That is, that's stupid. Now, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. They would actually come to, you know, to prayer in camo, you know, with, with toy guns to do warfare with the devil. You know, sometimes you just wonder... You're a grown adult who is born again and spirit-filled. Where would you come up with such nonsense? You know, but there are people who, you know, who, who want to focus on warfare because it's just so, wow, that's so exciting. It's so neat. It's so, it's pride is what that is. And because they think they're doing something so wonderful. Well, that's, it's just stupid. But anyway, um, you know, we talked about Eve, how, how Eve was the perfect example of how the devil can just come with his words. And it started off with one thought that she dwelled on. And then that one thought turned into more thinking. And she got to think about how she could be just like God until she actually acted on those things. That's why you need to make sure that you, your mind gets transformed. Hallelujah. You can't play with sin because it starts just as a thought. You can't, there's a lot of things. You, you, if, it, if that thought that comes to you does not line up with the Word of God, you cannot afford to let it stay in your thinking for one second longer. If you'll be successful in stopping it immediately, it will prevent a lot of things. It pre- would prevent a lot of, of, lot of sickness. It would prevent a lot of sin. It would prevent a lot of self, self-image problems. It would prevent all those things. Um, Hallelujah. You have to establish your mind as, a, as an off-limits, no-fly zone. Um, to, to abdicate your authority, which you've been given, is by handing, handing it over to the devil. 
You can't just not do it. It's too often people, you know, they will not speak the word. They will not get into the word. And they think just because they don't do it, well, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. Because your life is never static. It is always, there's something happening. There's movement of some kind in your life regardless of whether you're moving forward or not. You're not just standing still. You are moving backwards. If you're not moving forward, you have to push against the current that the enemy is constantly sending your way. Because if you don't, you'll just drift back. And you'll say, oh, it's no big deal. You've got to be a fighter where this is concerned. You cannot be a passive Christian. You must be a fighter. You must retake your mind and you must take a hold of it and make it think what it needs to be thinking. And you must speak the word of God. Your mind needs to hear your mouth saying what the word of God says. Your mind needs to hear it. Because what you think you know will not be reinforced by just thinking you know it. You have to speak it. You have, to, you have to continually be, be speaking out what God has said about you. And see, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to undermine the way you think about who you are and what belongs to you. And that's where he's always, he's always trying to steal from us. Dr. Summerall had said, if you're carrying weights, it's because you want them. And there are a lot of people who want to live in crisis all the time because somehow that's where they get their excitement in life. I'm going, really? Uh, that's, that's nuts. Uh, but you can decide at any time that you're done with it. You know, you're, you're just over it and done with it. And you just have to get to the place where you're going, I, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just not going to quit. Uh, and we said toward the end last week that how do you know that you're being successful in winning this battle? It's because you're walking in peace. Lots of peace. There's lots of peace in your life. You know, your head can be giving you a lot of problem, but when it's gotten down in your heart then you've got no problems. It's just peace. I remember years, well, PG was, was he not, he was not even two. When he, had, he one weekend, he just started spiking fevers, just spiking fevers, and he'd be back to normal. So Monday morning, I called the doctor, and I, they said, bring him in. By the time I got there, he had no fever at all. I mean, he, we were up to 104 at times, and, and a little above that. I get there, and he's got no fever. I'm going, listen, I know how to read a thermometer. I promise you, he had a fever. Next thing I know, they say, we're sending you to the hospital. What? What? Well, for this to be spiking up, there's something going on. We got to the hospital. They do a spinal tap. They tell me he's got, now he's got pneumonia. He's got meningitis, all this kind of stuff. I call, you know, get hold of hubby, you know, and, and, and he, comes to, he comes to the hospital. Of course, he was in the Word, you know, so much back then. He said, he said, you know, during that next couple of days, he said, you know, the devil just was just bombarding my mind. Because you know, they said, you do realize this, is, this could be potentially fatal, don't you? And I'm going, really? I mean, I just was like, just blindsided by all that. And Pastor, he said, nope. He said, I just, he knew him. He said, I knew him my heart. I was at total peace. I knew him my heart. No matter what my mind was saying, I was at total peace that he's going to be fine. And do you know what he was? In just a couple of days' time, the fevers were all gone, the pneumonia was gone, and the doctors kept him for another three days, and they said, well, it must not have been meningitis. And I'm going, well, I don't care what you say. I just know God healed him. You don't have a spinal tap with those kind of results, and three days later go, oh, I guess it wasn't meningitis. 
You know, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I, but that was a perfect example of the fact that you can have, I mean, the devil can be bombarded. Your child is going to die. You know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This. But on the inside, you know. You know you've established in your heart that healing belongs to my child. Healing belongs to him. And there's nothing the devil's going to try to throw at me, you know, that's going to cause me to be shaken in that. That's what you have to do. You know, and when you're in a place of confusion, a place of despair, a place of what do I do, you're never going to get any real accurate direction until you find that place of peace. Because in the middle of all that, if your heart's not at peace, what the enemy will throw at you, you will think is God. And it's not. If you're not in that place of peace, the direction you get, you cannot trust. Many's the time I have said to somebody, stop. Don't do anything. Yeah, but I have to. No, 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 you don't have to. You need to, you have to sit right here in this particular place until you get your joy and your peace back. And then ask God what to do. Because you cannot hear God in the middle of confusion. You cannot hear God in the middle of chaos. You cannot hear God accurately when you're in despair. You, it cannot be done. And so you've got to find that place of peace. And so the enemy comes in. He wants to put you in panic mode. You can't let circumstances, fear, anxiety, hurt, anger, or strife make decisions for you. And if you don't get those things taken care of, get rid of the fear, get rid of the strife, get rid of, of, of the, the hurt, you cannot accurately know what God is telling you. But that all comes with renewing your mind to what the Word says. So tonight, well, you know, I, I think I did end up with saying that you have to practice this constantly. Just like Proverbs talks about training up a child in the way he should go, you have to train your mind in the way it should go. It's a constant, ongoing process. Because every day the enemy is going to attack what you put in yesterday. He's going to try to take out what you've put in. Listen, there are people, and I could name several examples, but of course I won't. There are people who have who sat in this church for years, and they heard the fact that God intends for you to heal. It is always God's will to heal you. It is always God's will to prosper you. It is always God's will that you walk in victory. And they left for one reason or another. They wound up in a different kind of church. And within the space of just a couple of years, suddenly, it's not the will of God to always heal me anymore. See, religion will take it back out of you. The devil will use the traditions of men to take out of you what the word clearly says. Clearly. You know, I was just talking to someone just yesterday about, about someone and their, their, their spouse was having some, uh, some surgery and it looked like it was a very, very serious situation. And a minister of a church he had gone to years before, before he really got back in the word like he, he had been and when we had first known him, because we'd known him for over 40 years, came in and was, he was talking about how, you know, it's not always God's will to heal necessarily the body and this kind of And he was just like, Ah, I can't want to understand why you keep saying it. I'm going, yeah, it's like it's right there in the word if you just read it. I mean, how could you possibly not understand that's what the word says? Because you know why? Because people get led by experience. They let experience tell them instead of the word tell them. Now the experience has changed the way they think. 
And you can't afford to let the experience teach you what the Word says is wrong. The Word says by His stripes you were healed. He didn't say some of you were healed. He said you were healed. And when He said that, He made it personal to every last one of us. By His stripes you were healed. He didn't put names in there of the ones it applied to. And the ones that it didn't apply to, he left out. No, that's not how it works. But see, religion will, will try its best to, to, to get you to a place where you don't think the way that God thinks anymore. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and go on, up, you know, move on here because I will run out of time again if I don't move. So anyway, you know, the, the, this, this is the weapon the enemy uses against us most is our minds. And the way he uses it is with deceit. He will come in and he will tell you all kinds of things that are contrary to the word. He will even use the word against you. He will take it and he will, when you're, when you're having a tendency to think, okay, I blew it. I, I, I've just, I've just blown it totally. You know, and then, you, and your mind takes a hold of that one thought. He'll come in and he'll start telling you about all the ways you've missed it. You've let God down. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And, you, and, and if you entertain those thoughts before long, you will be in such despair, you'll even wonder if you're born again. I've seen it happen. But I'm telling you what, you have, that's when you have to go back and, and find out that Revelation 12.10 says that he is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He'll go before God and he'll accuse you in front of God. He'll come to you and accuse you to your face about all the things and how you've let God down, how you've let people down, and, and you've done this, and you've done that, and you've done that. You have to stop him. That is not God talking to you. That's not even your own spirit talking to you. You know, you can tell the difference when, when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about the issues, maybe issues that you have that you need to deal with. He will gently point you in the direction of the Word. And that Word will give you hope that, yes, I can do this. The Word, will, it will point you in the direction of this is who you really are. You're not this. You've been doing these things, but that's not who you really are. That's not what your spirit man really wants to do. This is what you want to do. The enemy will come in at you, and he will lay it out on you so thick that he, you, you'll think, I'm just going to go to my room, put my head under the covers, shut the blinds, shut the door, and never come out again. There's just despair that comes with, with the things he says. Recognize these things. When you see and you feel that kind of heaviness come on you, like when you've missed it, that's the enemy talking to you. God will always take you back. 1 John 1, 9. If you repent, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's all you got to do. Just, just repent. Just go back. And uh, Colossians 1, 14 talks about the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, he's, he's just taken our sins. I mean, that's a pretty far distance, folks. Hebrews 10, 17 says that their sins will I remember no more. You know, we have a relative who, who uh, was uh, diagnosed with uh, a form of cancer. And he's a wonderful man and loves God, but he didn't always live for God. I mean, he, he went down some, you know, pretty, pretty sinful roads, you know, in his, in his earlier days. And, and he said to pastor, he said, 
I know this has come on me because of my God is judging me for my past. And I just wonder, how can you possibly believe that? Of course, Pastor said, immediately said, that is not so. You know, there are times when you have to be really gentle with people, try to, try to redirect them to, toward the truth. But there are times, just like that time, when it is, it is such a devious thing that the enemy has tried to convince them and has convinced them of that you can't be gentle. You have to be firm with somebody and say, no, the word says this. Your, your sins are forgiven. They were gone. When you repented, even after you were born again, when you repented, they were done with God doesn't ever remember it again. And you got no business bringing it up to him. And if the enemy comes and brings it up to you, it's like last week, the old man is dead. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. What all things? The things of this life. This is a brand new person on the inside of me. Listen, if I did something wrong today and I repented today, it's over, it's done, and God has no knowledge of it. So there's no point in me wasting my time remembering it. There's no point in me wasting my time doing the what-ifs over it. There's no point in me wasting my time going, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. He already knows that. He's going, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> it's the truth. God doesn't know what you're talking about. Get over it. And don't let the devil keep you in that place. But you know what? That, that's his plan. He, he, if he uses deceit on you and you fall for it, that's his success. Uh, he has no power to defeat you any other way except through deceit. He has no power at all because Colossians 4.15 says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them, triumphing over them openly. He has put them on display as being a vanquished foe. Um, Matthew 6.19, Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. I've given them to you. And so we've got the keys. The enemy doesn't have anything. All he's got is the ability to try and deceive you. But understand, the word is try and deceive you. It's up to you whether you let him deceive you or not. And the only way you're not going to let him deceive you is if you know the truth. The, the truth, you have to be settled on what the truth really is. But the problem here is with deceit comes seeds of rebellion. If the enemy can deceive you, the next step here is, re is rebellion. And you know what? Rebellion is, this, is such an insidious thing that you have to deal with it as soon as it crops its little ugly head up. As parents... You need to recognize rebellion in your children at an early age. And every time you see it, you need to deal with it. You know, you can't, you can't control the thoughts those little minds are thinking. But it's as I told my children, I better not see and I better not hear any rebellion. That rolling of the eyes, that... <sighs> A slamming of a door, a stomping of the feet. It needs to be stamped out early 
Because the word says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If you don't help them at an early age, you're setting them up to be rebellious against just not just you, but teachers, whether it's in school or at church. You're setting them up to be rebellious against their bosses. You're setting up them to be rebellious against the law. And ultimately, the biggest issue is being rebellious against God. You cannot, this is for you parents, you cannot allow your children, you are doing a great harm to them by not dealing with rebellion when it crops its little ugly head up. That's free. That's not, I think, not, not much to do with here, but if that's free. I'm telling you, the world is in the shape it's in is because parents, starting in my generation, did not deal with rebellion. And it's gotten worse, worse with every successive generation. The children of the 60s, of which I am, you know, got into rebellion, and our parents from the 50s did not deal with it. I don't know why they didn't deal with it. Maybe they didn't understand what was going on. Maybe they were too naive to understand what was going on. But they did not deal with it. And it did not help us. And in, 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 our, in, our, in return, it didn't help the generations that have followed. If your child is exhibiting rebellion, please, for their sake, deal with it. They have to learn at an early age that that will get nothing but destruction in their lives. Hallelujah. Well, go with me to, let's see, Mark, I think, chapter 7. And we're going to talk about how renewing the mind helps you with your flesh. Does that sound interesting? Mark chapter 7. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's start in verse 20. And he said, That which comes out of the man that defiles the man, for from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Here's the flesh issues. If you go over to Galatians chapter 5, the word I want you to be focused on is the word lasciviousness. Now, Galatians chapter 5. Oh, Pastor Angela, this is heavy stuff. Yeah, well, the flesh is pretty heavy, I tell you. Let's start in uh, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Well... As you can see, this is, probably, this is in the list of things that we really don't like to talk about. But here's our flesh. Lasciviousness. Do you know what lasciviousness really means? It really means no restraint or unrestrained. And that's what your flesh left to itself is. 
unrestrained. Now, to have a renewing of the mind is a huge weapon in restraining the flesh. Now, we've all got flesh. And if, if you've ever been around a baby, a baby has flesh. They're only concerned with themselves. And that's really what happens with our flesh. We really, our flesh is very selfish. And, and you go, you're going to find out that that little, sweet, gorgeous, innocent, loving, just sweet-smelling, soft, cuddly, heart-melting little thing has flesh. They only want what they want, and they want it now. And as we grow up, we have parents who help us control our flesh because it's not generally speaking that you get a three-year-old to renew their mind. So as parents, that's our job, is to help them control their flesh. And as we get older, you know, it's up to us to control our flesh. And the things that we get involved in that our flesh wants to do, really just like I said, boils down to nothing but selfishness. I want what gratifies me. I want what I want. I want what I like. There is nothing that I can think of that you could do that comes under the category of flesh that can't be boiled down to just that word selfish. That's exactly what I want what I want. I want to do what I want to do. I'm going to have what I want to have. But if you're going to live a godly life, you're going to have to restrain the flesh, its desires and its appetites. You know, when you raise children in the Word, when they get older, they will have a better success in being able to restrain the flesh. But some of us did not learn that very early. And so as adults, we have to learn how to restrain the flesh. But by that time, we're, we're so trained, our flesh is so trained to get what it wants. It wants what it wants. It likes what it likes. But you know, I go back to Philippians where it says, but it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When you finally get to a place where you realize, i got to do something about this flesh, but I don't know what to do, that's a good verse to start with. But it's God who's at work in me, helping me to want to do right, helping me to make my flesh do right. That's, that's where it's, it's a great place to start. Um, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can look at, at flesh in, in, in all kinds of ways. It's not always necessarily a sin. Uh, but, um, you know, I've heard Kenneth Copeland talk about the fact that when he was out of, the, out of fellowship with God, that his flesh just took over, and he was 100 pounds overweight. And God had to help him. He had to renew his mind, and then he had to make a quality decision that his flesh was not going to dominate him any longer. And he had to get really serious about retraining his flesh to do what it was supposed to do. You know, the word, the lasciviousness, I said it means unrestrained. When it comes to food, I am guilty. There are many times I am totally unrestrained. Do not put a bag of potato chips. I tell you this all the time. Do not put a bag of potato chips in front of me. Because if I know it's there in my house, I have not come to the place yet where I can look at that bag of chips and just keep walking. 
That's my flesh. That's a, that you think, well, that's a minor thing. Well, that minor thing left unrestrained leads to many, many, many health issues. And it's like Brother Copeland has said, once we learn to learn some restraint, then weight takes care of itself. And I thought, son, you are speaking to me. You know, the cheesecake that's in there, you know, I just, you know, just one little. See, that's what the enemy will say, just one bite. That's what he would say to me about those potato chips, just one chip. You know, ladies used to say you can't eat just one. Well, I proved that to be right. <laughs> you can't eat just one. No, you can't. <laughs> but see, the enemy, this is, this is what happens. Food is just a real um, easy place to start to talk about this. Because it's so non-confrontational, you know. But what about porn? One picture. Somebody shows you one picture. Something pops up on your computer that, where did that come from? What will the enemy do? He'll keep bringing that image back to your mind. Now, you have to get rid of it like that. If you don't get rid of it, now it's playing on your mind. Well, just... Just let me just let me just take one more look. Let me just look at it one more time. Okay, you've got one more look. Well, let me see if I can. Well, nobody, nobody, nobody's gonna know. It's just my computer. Nobody's gonna know. And I can do this in the middle of the night when my wife's not around, when my husband's not around, because women have an issue with it too. I, I can do this when, when nobody's looking. Oh, I'm traveling. I can I can turn on HBO. Because I know late at night there's, there's, some interesting, there's some interesting stuff on it late at night. And before you know it, it's got a hold of you because you did not restrain the flesh. And now the flesh has developed an appetite. The flesh, the flesh is screaming, this is what it wants. That's why there's such a problem with it. That's why, honestly, parents, I mean, I was asked a question in California by the interns we were having our little sit-down sessions, they asked me about raising kids, and I said, in this, and with devices and internet, and I, said, I said, honestly, I have to pray for you as parents today because I didn't, I didn't encounter this when my children were growing up. I said, the enemy is after your children so hard in so many ways. You have to be so educated on what they can and can't get into and how to keep them safe from all this stuff. There are, there, are, there are little kids addicted to this kind of stuff just because they managed to find it on the Internet and there was no one there to help them and they didn't know how to restrain themselves. You know, the flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. And the enemy will say to you, he'll use his deceit and he will come to you with the thought that you can get away with this. You can, it's, it's, you, you can deal with this later. Oh, one drink, you know, just a beer ever so often, that's no problem. And then you go out with somebody who drinks all the time. And, oh, well, I, want one, I don't want to look bad, you know, to them. I don't want to look like, like I'm trying to be holier than that, so I'll have a little wine. I'll have a little bit of beer. And then one thing leads to another. You know, I don't, while I'm on this little soapbox, we'll stop right here. You don't need to be partaking of alcohol in any form. We had a lady a number of years ago who wanted to work in our children's department. 
and the question on the, on the application, uh, to work in a children's department, do you drink alcohol in any form? And, well, she did. And, well, I just like my coolers. I didn't even know what a cooler was. I know it's something that's got a little bit of alcohol in it. And we had to turn her down. She got mad, offended, and left. Listen, it's not just me that you have to be concerned about offending with drinking. It's God. Nothing that you put in your body that's a poison does God want you to be partaking of. And that's exactly what alcohol is. It's a poison. This is the temple of God. God's given me this temple to take care of. This physical temple is where my, the other temple lives. It resides here. And God expects me to take care of it. Because Romans says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So if I'm talking to somebody tonight, take heed. Take heed to what I'm telling you. Yeah, but it won't hurt. You're, that's the enemy talking. That's the enemy and your flesh talking. And you better recognize who's doing the talking and decide who you're going to side in with. If that's, if that's you, you need to repent and say, now, Lord, if this is something I need, to, I, need more, I need to do more than just say no to. Some people will say, oh, no, I've got no problem, but they can't go three days without it. Listen, your coffee may be a problem. Hitting some nerves. Hitting some. If there's anything physical in this, in this life that you can't do without, you got a problem. I'm telling you. I used to couldn't deal without my diet drinks until one day God said, you need to stop that. Oh, I can do this. You know, I'd go a couple of days, and then i got, I got to have one. It's talking to me. It's talking to me. It's talking to me. And so I, yeah, okay, okay, now I'm going to go. And then one day I went, just, no, no, Lord, you've put this on my heart, you know, to get rid of these, these things. And so I, I, I just know I can't do it any other way except just cut it off entirely. I had one relapse about a week into it, and I've never had another one since, and that was 12 years, 12 and a half years ago. Listen, if anything in this life has got a hold of you, it's something that needs to be dealt with. I need to be dealing with my potato chips. That might be funny, but it's the truth. If there is anything you can't say no to, you need, you need to stop and take really a good examination of what's going on. Your flesh is dominating you in that area. And see, we can't afford to let our flesh dominate us. But if our minds aren't renewed, the help that we could get from being, being, having a renewed mind is not there to help us deal with the flesh. Gracious, I, sh I should have started this a long time ago. Hallelujah. And it's easy to lose control. It's, easy. it's just little by little by little until one day you find yourself in a, in a, in a state you don't really want to be in. But, you know, that's the way sin is. It's just little by little by little. It could be an acceptable sin in people's eyes. It could be a not-so-acceptable sin in people's eyes. It could be a lot of things. You know, God will talk to you about things that you need to change, things you need to realign, readjust. It could be your attitude. 
that's a flesh issue, folks. Nobody can see it. It's not like the 20 extra pounds that you, know, you might be carrying because you couldn't say no to the, to the cheesecake like me. Of course, mine's more than 20 pounds. But, you know, uh, it, could be, it could be that attitude that nobody, nobody, it's, it's, not, it's not obvious necessarily. But let me tell you, attitude eventually becomes that obvious. Attitude is, and it'll hurt you whether anybody sees it or not. Whether anybody hears it from you or not, it's a dangerous thing. That's just nothing but your flesh. Nothing but your flesh. And you need, you need to get on top of it. And you need to get your mind renewed so you can deal with it. Um, I'm going to, I am over, over time. You know what? We may just have to come back to this next week. I know y'all are thrilled about that. But there's some things here we need to talk about. Because for us to do what we need to do and for us to go forward where God wants to take us, these are things that we need to start dealing with. Just like Pastor has, has said, I don't know, did he say it at prayer or did he say it in a service that what Brother Randy said during the meetings he was in is that, is that God said he can't send revival because the people aren't ready. I be the people. I be the people. People aren't consecrated enough. People aren't living like they ought to live. People like got the devil, you know, got too much of grip on them. Too many things he's got a hold of us in. Too many areas he's got an inroad. We've got to get rid of these things. It's not just for our own personal benefit. It's for the benefit of our brothers and sisters. It's for the benefit of the, of the body here. It's for the benefit of the body at large. It's for the benefit of the revival that God wants to send our way. He can't send it to a people who aren't ready to handle it. He can't send it to, a, to people who, are, who, who will squander what he sends. And so these are just things we need to deal with. So I know it's a shouting message. But you know, we, we'll talk about it some more next week. Um, so don't stay home. Just put on a heavier pair of shoes. All right, good night. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.